Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between. Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal on Super Talk Mississippi. Wow, what can I tell you? It was a lot of work, a lot of this and that. Really, really appreciate David Day, of course, always, and Lance, who doesn't sleep. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for Good putting all that morning. together for me. I appreciate that. Well, it was a team effort, and it was fun doing it. So, <laughs> it was. Yeah, thank that, you for is, uh, trusting in me to let me work with you on that, because that's important that, stuff, Nellie. It is. It is. People are going to be humming it, yeah. all, and they Intros. may not have ever heard it. They may have heard it before, but now it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah, so. well, I, I'm happy that you're happy, yes. and I'm thank you again for letting... Because we all know I'm no fun when I'm not happy. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but definitely uh, more fun. <laughs> when when things yeah. work, I'm in a better mood. Yeah. That's and that sure. worked. It came together. It you know, absolutely we had, did. waited for David, and he did a great job. And Beautiful. Got, got the info to us in a way that we could maneuver and manipulated it a bit and found what you were oh, yeah. looking for and he, he gave boom us, he gave us like, when you hear things in your heads friends sometimes it doesn't come out the same <laughs> but this time it did so that's a joy. the hardest part of that was the 14 hours of chimes that <laughs> it didn't want to download so i was like we're gonna have to cut that down a little bit i kept cutting it and it didn't get cut it's just terrible i'm not that great but y'all did no y'all did a wonderful job interpreting what i heard so welcome to the garden mama show y'all for those of you who've been around for a long time yeah it's still same old garden mama but guess what we got a few things happening that are moving us into well i don't know there's going to be another year here in a minute isn't there but because I'm not one of those people that puts up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Apologies to all of you who do. I'm glad you enjoy it. But I've got a question. This this is serious now. This is this is absolutely serious. Will it be pumpkin or will it be sweet potato pie? Which one should I be making? Okay. Sweet have, potato pie. Y'all have to tell me. Okay. I, I'm then, in. The I'm next first question. Vote. The next question is. Whipped cream or ice cream with that pie. See, now I'm a whipped cream kind of girl, but I can be persuaded <laughs> to the ice cream world. Y'all tell me, what are y'all doing? What is on your list? This is really um, very amazing. Beautiful, beautiful cauliflowers. Thank you, Rich. Just wonderful broccolis. Everybody's going to have some really, really delightful, wonderful, wonderful opportunities to have some great Thanksgiving meals. So much good going on, and I, I know that, that Rich is taking care of his his group. Of course, other folks are, too. That's We'll be hearing from y'all. Y'all will be showing us and stuff. Um, I'm not going to go back in Rich's text. I can tell those were other things. <laughs> I'm just going to look at the pictures. <laughs> How about that this morning? We could talk about that, though, you know. I, I too, was in California in the 80s. But anyway... <laughs> 
another story for another day. What is on your mind today? Are you traveling? Are you introducing perhaps your aunt to the app so that she can listen to me from wherever in the world she wants to do that? Are you thinking about planting stuff? We are supposed to get some more rain here in central Mississippi, maybe a good chunk if we're lucky. So I'm going to finish planting the two last boxes full of stuff that I need to get into the ground before all that happens. Got a lot in last weekend, but I still have some stuff I need to do. What are you up to? The Super Talk call line awaits you, 888-808-8637. And, of course, the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. I'm not sure. I don't know if this is to me or to you, but... Um, Lance will tell us <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate that. See, there are people who see faces in everything, aren't there? And there's one now. <laughs> That's the text line. You can send me pictures. I might talk about them. Probably will. Might even get them put up at supertalk.tv as we move through the morning. I am always trying to keep up with... The latest in our plants, our critters, our, frankly, green world. And if there's things that you're interested in that I don't talk about, you ought to tell me, because I can probably find a way to do that at some point. For example, there's good news that we, I don't know if you're going to hear it anywhere but here, but I'm happy to tell you that the latest of the international studies to combine satellite and ground data this, now these are the these are the geoforcing people. This is the um, you know Potsdam Helsom Center German scientists. They are serious. They are very serious. I have lots of stories I can tell you about how serious the um, the, the environmentalists in Germany are right now. They are trying to do the best they can to figure out how to solve some problems that they see in their country and around the world. It turns out from their looking at all of this satellite and ground data, and again, I don't think you're going to hear this anyplace else because people don't like to talk about it. According to the study, the forests on Earth could ideally absorb 328 billion tons of carbon. That's gigatons, in case you were wanting the extrapolation. That's that's how much that is. But because we use a lot of formerly forested areas for agriculture and to live in, you know, build houses and whatnot, the potential is reduced to 61% of that, which is still a lot that we are not putting to work. In addition, if you want really more and more reasons why we always say here, plant two trees, you know, plant one for you and one for the future, plant two trees, there's a good reason for that. We are one of the best places in the world, frankly, in terms of trees per square mile to give us the opportunity, where people still live, for, for us to give the opportunity to do some of this storage of carbon. And frankly, that this is, these are better studies. The ones that we look at looked at previously all said, well, you know, maybe this and that. These are actually because they combined so many studies to put this one together. They really did a really good job. There's a big climate conference um, coming up in the United Arab Emirates, and there will be a lot more information about ways to encourage reforestation of areas as people attempt to find a way to sequester some more of this carbon. All right, Rich is going to tell us he's weighing in sweet potato pie and whipped cream, I think, I think he's got Lance in his pocket. Yeah, that's what I'm rolling with. 
that that's so mammal to me. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but my mammal, that would be a sweet potato pie well, with a little whipped cream. It probably just straight up sweet potato pie because it's so dang good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the desserts this time of year were, I mean, you just couldn't wait for Thanksgiving because as a kid, you know, I would eat the. The goodies, the the stuff that they say is good for you, but you would get through that as quickly as possible for all <laughs> for of Memo's <laughs> well, all of Memo's desserts: the chocolate cake, the heavenly oh. hash, the sweet potato pie, you name it. It just um, banana pudding, just and all homemade, all from scratch, and just. It was like, oh, let me get to that. It's going to be hard to stand up to that. You better learn how to so, cook. I, I can't. No, nothing. <laughs> there was a couple of things she taught me, uh, but the, the 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 chocolate icing this time of year to me, she uh, made it from scratch. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like that Krispy Kreme layer of yeah, uh, of sugar yeah. and butter a and A lot love of sugar, a lot of butter, and the, so the much love. Emanates absolutely, and crusts up. Absolutely. So, and she would make a chocolate cake for me well, about every year do, and, and punch holes in it and all that. And, and it would just be filled with chocolate. And and this uh, and I remember. Her, I had no idea. I remember when she got older. She made a, she made me a whole cake, and I went down to see her, and she said, uh, "Here you go, here you go, bud. I got your chocolate cake." And um, I sat there and started eating it and everything, and then I didn't eat it all. And she came back. And she goes, "Yeah, I noticed Something you didn't wrong. eat all your cake." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm just not that hungry." And she goes, "Mamma, uh, I, I used work. lemon cake this time accidentally." Oh, see, she got older and didn't see it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it was lemon <laughs> instead of the vanilla. She and I knew something was a little different, but I didn't have the heart to say anything. But uh, man, that I just you talk about those desserts. I go just fall out with a sugar you know crash. My my sister, I uh, reminded my sister of her opinion about sugar, which is that when you had a terrible time as a kid, they gave you a cookie. When you had a great celebration, they gave you a pie. And once a year, they baked you a cake. It's all about the love, you know, and that's how our expressions were made in so many, many cases. I have to tell you, with the price of pumpkin going up, I think there's going to be a lot of sweet potato pies. (laughs) I could be wrong about that. And they're they're natively grown so well Absolutely. here in Vardaman, Calhoun well, for, City yeah, area. Yeah, for me it doesn't yeah. really even come close. I like our pumpkins and I like pumpkin pie, but but I want the sweet potato pie because it's better with coffee the next morning. Yeah, and that's right. I do eat pie for breakfast. Why not? On the day after Thanksgiving. You're grown. You can do whatever you please. <laughs> and if you want pie for breakfast, you should be able to do that every anytime you at want. At least once a year. Yeah. At this least time once of year. That's what the holidays are for. Uh, looking back and going, wow, I probably shouldn't have eaten all of that for two months straight, but I did. Well, and now I've got okay, to get I'm just, I'm just gonna put I'm just going to put the word out. I eat turkey all year long because it suits me, it's available, it's cheap, and it's all of those things. So I'm thinking about steak for Thanksgiving. I'm going to really swim upstream on this one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this is a pretty good idea. Freeze-dried fruit in a coffee grinder and sprinkle it in the whipped cream. See, I like that. I like a flavored whipped cream. I like the way we're thinking here. Yep, we're all we're getting really good here. That's absolutely that's true. You're you're exactly right about the manufactured stones as well. They do sequester a lot of carbon. We need we all need more bling. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt about that. Ooh, somebody sent me a note and said, When are you gonna divide those? And, and she said, ugly plants in your front garden. I said, oh, they've been looking at my garden again. <laughs> That's terrible. They're red-hot poker plants. So I wanted to make sure that you all understand that this is a great moment. I, I grant it's not a season. It may not last long. The soil may be too wet to dig in about a minute. But 
If you have perennials that you want to dig and divide, this is a great time to do that. Most of the time, it's a better choice, especially if you wait too long like I do, to divide perennials. They're so tightly grown together. The leaves and the stems and the crown and everything is all jammed up. It's really better to get to the outside of it and dig around the whole business and take that out and then separate it and then do your replanting. That's what I'll be doing with the red-hot poker plants. I don't think she could have noticed them except that I finally got the dead leaves out and then I moved the, the ornamental grass right next to them to make some more space. So that's where, that's where they're going to end up if I get it done. If I get it done. Y'all are being really nice this morning. Thank you very, very much. Really sweet. Oh, and steak is allowed. Thank you. I'm, 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 you know, I live where we grow sweet potatoes and cows. Come on. <laughs> Ever, yeah, that's, you ever that's, driven past a turkey farm? It's get, quite it's an like experience. <laughs> a to B is the path of least resistance Thank and you. straightest, so let's go to that. You Thank know, you the, very if the cows much. are there and the sweet potatoes are there, let's let's roll let's with what's closest. It. Let's go. It's going to be a great, great, great opportunity to appreciate what's local, and we're all about that. Well, this is really cute. Gloria's got some plants she wants to talk about really doing, going ahead and, and replanting. The yes, if you have gardenia cuttings, this is a perfect time for that. Anything that any kind of woody plant that you have rooted, and I'm looking at the hibiscus, and I'm I don't know, I can't I can't tell if it's a tender hibiscus. If it's a hardy hibiscus, it too can be planted now. But you would have you would need to know that because I don't know that. Um, I have a couple that are I'm trying to dig up some because I have friends that want them, and frankly, the soil is still too hard in that part of my garden, but we'll, it will rain eventually, and I'll get those out of there. I'm for planting anything that you don't want to hold in a container over the winter at this point, as long as it's hardy. Okay? Okay. I like that. I have all sorts of news. One of the craziest things about, you, you feel like sometimes that there's not another conference, and in summer, of course, there's always news from the research c category because there's all kinds of conferences going on all the time. At this time of the year, I think they're just trying to get stuff published before the end of the year in case they need to take credit for it, you know, next year or something. So I'm particularly taken with this report, from again, from Zurich. We're staying in Europe a little bit this morning. I really think 3D printing is one of the coolest things that's ever happened. No, I don't have a 3D printer, but I have watched one work, and that was a lot of fun. Now we are able, for the first time, to print a robotic hand with bones, ligaments, and tendons made of different polymers. Okay, they're using a different scanning technique. That's what allows them to do this. The new tech, of course, means that not only can they print 3D special plastics with elastic qualities that differ, because those things are all different from each other. But it also opens up the, the possibility to get towards some of those, the, the robots with softer structures. We've talked about the ones that can go around corners and, and teeny tiny ones that, that are medical and whatnot. This, this rapid advance of 3D printing and, frankly, the range of materials, we just really didn't think, you know, <laughs> I don't think any of us thought they would go this quick into this many specifics, and that's very, very exciting. What they're looking for is slow curing plastic. There's always been that fast curing stuff so, so that it could be printed and solidify and get it out of the process. 
But the, the particular elasticity of the slower curing plastics is what they're investigating now. And fortunately, it seems to be working. More durable robots, different materials in one print. Now, one of the things that we've had to do before, of course, was they would print something and then they would print something on top of it and then print something else with it. So it would take a long time and be much more expensive than being able to do all of it at one time. When I think about that, I think about the, the beauty and joy and also the incredible work of silk screening. If you've ever done that, you understand that this is a layered process that takes a bunch of doing. And yes, it's perhaps more artistic and perhaps this or that, but it's not necessarily a better T-shirt in the end than a screen print, you know, than one screen print. So anyway, there, this, is, this is also the oper- gives them the opportunity to fine-tune the different parts of the robotic hand and realizing that that goes directly to how the person who uses it can use, and I think that that's just really terrific. The, the difference in being able to use different processes at one time is really very, very cool. I was happy to see so many people at Lakeland Yard and Garden last Monday. We had a good time, and a whole bunch of other people asked for the handout, so that's what the newsletter was on this week. I am in the midst of, and happy to say y'all are responding to, giving me subscriptions for 2024. We're open. Those, those subscriptions will begin January the 1st. You can get in touch with me for more information about it, mamaonair at yahoo.com. There's so much going on today. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to listen to. And I want to hear from you right here on the Garden Mama Show. The mothers and the many friends gone on before the radio. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them over on the Hallelujah Show. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. You know that nowadays most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has what you're looking for in its full-service nursery and garden center, greenhouse, and garden shop. Meet the professional staff at Lakeland, always ready to help you with trees and shrubs and patio furnishings, tables and cushions for entertaining, as well as pumpkins and pansies, plus soils, mulches, and amendments for your landscape and container plants. Lakeland has seeds and plants for your fall vegetable garden, too. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. 
Football season is here, and Jersey Mike's in Madison would like to celebrate with you. From hand-sliced cold cuts to mouth-watering cheesesteaks made to order with gluten-free and veggie options, too. Stop in and see why we're a sub above the rest. To celebrate the season, we invite all Madison Central Jag students to come by the Madison store and receive 15% off on Mondays and Tuesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Choose the winning team with Jersey Mike's Madison and now with locations in Flowood and Gluckstadt, too. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Ready for new tires? Head to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We offer a wide selection of name brand tires, rims, and all the auto accessories in one stop. Rapid Tire Exchange can help you find the perfect tires for your vehicle. I came to RTE in Clinton. They were fast, friendly, and they didn't even try to upsell me on anything. So come to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We'll make sure you get the right tires for your vehicle at a price you can afford. Rapid Tire Exchange, located right behind Rapid Oil Change, 953 Highway 80 East, and online at RapidTireExchange.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable energy star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Green, the new degree of comfort. Hi, this is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our Two Men in a Truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. You better think now. It's hard not to sing with Aretha, but she's so much better than the rest of us. Except maybe for Jennifer. There's, <laughs> there's a good reason she had that part. No question about that one. I have no idea, Trey, what mood you're in today, but what a beautiful pup. Just beautiful. The first one, the first, the first humor today is kind of edgy, and I like that always. But I got to tell you, that sweet pup. Oh my goodness. Is that Obi? Who is that? Hello. Good morning. Really cool. There's a, a beautiful, beautiful devil's food cake being made here. I have to tell you, the reason that I don't know how to frost cakes is because I got so fascinated watching other people frost them. I never learned how. It was just so beautiful to see. <laughs> that's, that's a whole thing in itself. Rickson's weighing in today. Thank you very much. I will see you soon. 
Oh, cool. Um, this is a really good question from Oakley and Starkville. And you are so right. 50-year-old spireas can be really a little bit difficult to understand. They, this is, they're losing limbs all the time. There's water and fertilizer. They're just overgrown. They're tired. And here's what we're going to do. This is going to sound crazy, but I promise it's going to work. Right before spring starts, like as if the time you would be printing, uh, printing, the time you would be pruning evergreens in Starkville, right at very, very early spring, we think of it as late winter pruning to encourage new growth on things like eleagnus and ligustrum and other plants that we want to get thicker, okay? Spireas are the same way, but we do them in the very, very early spring and we cut the whole thing back. We don't do selective pruning. So in this case, I'm probably going to take off. They look like they're about five feet tall. I'm going to take two feet off the top. Then the next year, if it's still, if they're still not performing the way you want them to, that's when you would do it again. But I don't want you to take. I don't want you to take more than a third of the plant down in one year. The spireas will be encouraged. Then the water and fertilizer should be able to work a little bit better. They've just gotten, well, as we say, a little bit advanced, and they need to have a. They need to have a rejuvenation for them. I think it'll work fine. I'm happy to tell you that um, all the news in the horticulture gardening world is the new zone map. Now, I'm not going to start telling you where you where your zone is. I am going to tell you, however, though, that if you will go to planthardiness.ars.usda.gov, you too will be able to see the map. That's the one with the zip code. Yeah, I got search. it. I got it in the rotation here. I can freeze it in the Good. next. Okay. It's the one with the uh, the zip code in it. You can look and see exactly where you are. Things have changed, not unexpectedly, but things have changed. And for that reason, you need to see where you are. I I posted this all over the place this week. As soon as I found it, <laughs> and I have to tell you, some of y'all are so funny. Someone that I do not actually know personally, but who is part of my world in, in the social media world, who knows other people that I know, called out one of them and said, I'm keeping my zone just the same as it is. And I thought to myself, well, that's a lot of power. <laughs> but the news is, this is the redrawing of the maps based on 10 years of, of data. When the last frost happens in the spring, when the first frost happens in the fall. And yes, we have moved a little bit, much of us. So pay attention. I'll be happy to help you if you can't figure that one out, but we'll look at it later on, okay? Oh, my goodness. This, this, you didn't need to grow but a few sweet potatoes, Mary. Look at these beautiful things. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's delightful. She's got them on the scale for me. Good grief, five-pound sweet potatoes. But they do look lovely. That's the thing. Once when you When you harvest sweet potatoes and you put them through the curing process, they have a beautiful skin and lovely color and the things that you're looking for in a very healthy and happy potato. That's what she's got. I think that's great. The James Webb Telescope is giving us some more good news. I'm determined to keep all of the news today to be very upbeat and positive. I am doing these things in my garden. It's not that I don't want to do them. I do, and I am. <laughs> in this case, the James Webb Space Telescope you know, they, it flies by stuff and sends back data. And then, luckily for us, we have human beings and computers that can interpret it and figure out what it is that we're looking at because it's the James Webb Space Telescope, okay? Now, when we do that, 
It sends back all the data that lets us know what it has experienced in going through that planet's, that planet's orbit or that planet's space. In this particular case, the recent observations in the atmosphere of, we've talked about this one before here, the exoplanet WASP 107b. There were other interesting things about it before, but part of that was that it looked like the cloud-hidden, whereabouts unknown kind of thing. It had a real fluffy atmosphere. So getting into that, looking into that next, the James Webb Telescope has discovered not only the water vapor that you would expect in a cloud like that, but also sulfur dioxide, which you would expect in this situation, but silicate sand clouds. That's not expected. And that, of course, tells us that there is a really vigorous transport of material if we're able to get sand out of it. So that's pretty cool. Something that they'll be, needless to say, studying for a very long time. Publishing in Nature, if you want to know more about the latest of the James Webb's work. It's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting stuff. Oh, we got another love for the intro. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Sarah from Winona. I, you know, this is a really hard thing to do. <laughs> Change is not easy for anybody. <laughs> so I just really I like that you like it. And I even like that I like it because you never know. Sometimes, though, we have to think about that music. And in the case of some work um, that has been done at Tampere University in Finland, with Now, by the way, I seldom tell you who funds anything, but in this particular case, the funding has been done by Business Finland. So this is not something that we're going to be laughing about. Well, and the Finns, they, they are radical blue, bluegrass you know, people, and you know, they're yes, amazing. They are. They're, so. they're real serious. They have now informed us, looking in the human technology interaction area, which, of course, we're all kind of obsessed by anyway, they have worked on a custom algorithm. This algorithm turns data into music. I love it. This is going to make things so much better. We would be so much better able to understand complex data in this form because it is, it is how we interpret music that we now need to apply to how we interpret data. This does not mean you're making stuff up in, in all the fields. What we're talking about is how things sound and where they come from and what their velocity is and what their wave is. So these are all very exciting things. Five-year research project. Good grief, that must have been dull. Anyway, five years they spent on this you, that, that gives them the reasons for using musical sounds in the transformation of data, but also in the ways that we are now able to interpret more more specifically. This is bringing a fourth dimension in data interpretation through the characteristics of music, which most of us already understand. This is how knowledge moves forward. This is how we move. This is how we all get smarter. Okay? This is why when we learned about things like the ways that some people can't read because they are dyslexic or because things are either things look, look differently or they sound differently to them, we have a really good opportunity here to turn that on its head, too. Really very cool. Musical sounds, of course, are a, a really powerful complement to watching a movie, to watching a dance, to, to you know anything that you might be doing, um, is, though, that you you got to get into it first, and then you can learn to interpret it really much better because this algorithm is consistent, and it allows you to understand 
What is what is it that you where where are we going to get the best of this? And that's exactly what they're working on next to make it meet consumer needs, and frankly to make me happier because <laughs> I like music so much. Oh my goodness! Well, good morning. I believe that that's a lover, isn't it? Is that the kind of grasshopper that is? Good morning. Let's see. There are. Yes, you. They, they, I'll talk to you about that, those fruit trees in, in just a very little bit. We look at those, and ordinarily they're not a problem, but I will want you to take a couple of glimpses at it, and I will come back to that. Let's see. Um, oh, could that spirea pruning technique be used on a leggy abelia? Absolutely. And frankly, if I was a little braver, I would take on the ones that are here in the courtyard because they they got a little leggy, and then, of course, we had terrible, terrible weather for in growing almost anything this summer between the heat and then the, the drought that followed. So yes, what we're talking about in terms of spireas and yes, abelias is anything with a thickety top, a whole lot of things that really do need to be stimulated all at once to grow to make the plant thicker. And in the case of these shrubs, it's a really good idea. I just recently um, took on a couple of other shrubs that I didn't realize I was going to be taking care of. And in fact, Yep, that's what they need. So I'll be doing that in late January here. You may do it a little bit later in the northern part of our listening area. Thank you, Jill. Just beautiful. Just lovely. Really lovely. Fun stuff. So data into music. Y'all ready for that? I bet you are. I wanted to let you know that uh, there are a couple of stories that I will probably not get to until the the next hour, so you better stay tuned. One of them is about hummingbirds, and everybody always likes that. But we've also got new studies about bees and pesticides. We've also got something else that I really, I confess, I wonder sometimes if anybody cares that I take pictures of everything. Now, granted, we'd use them here at supertalk.tv, and I use four or five every week in communications with my newsletter or something else. But I'm not a world-class photographer. I'm lucky that there are better cameras than I have eyes, you know, these days. And that that's all. But, but what is the value of all of that? I do have three or four boxes of photos that I'm pretty sure are never going to get looked at again (laughs) from everything that ever happened. Oh, dear. But anyway, in terms of nature photography, University of Queensland is letting us know that there's a real benefit to it that you may not have thought about. Nature photographers, and I do, I happen to know two who are brilliant, and yes, I do, I do follow their, their work. Them posting to social media could actually help us map areas in South Asia that have that have not been seen in this way. And indeed, that of course can extrapolate into the rest of the globe. The UK UQ, I'm sorry, School of the Environment has led an international team that went through feature, the the whole nature photography thing on Facebook and other websites other well other social media sites anyway, according, some people's websites go immediately and post there, but others don't, so some of it's just in the conversations. What they have understood is that they found 44,000 photos of almost a 1,000 species, and 200 of them, almost 300 actually, are considered threatened in Bangladesh, which is where all of this work was done in the first place. I think that's crazy. 
that we would not know these things already. Well, we don't. And that's why nature photographers posting to social media can make not only a big difference in the map, but also in our awareness of how many more maps we need. We've been missing out on the distribution data, they said. So this is a big result. It can change the way we gather data, but it can also change the way we promote what's going on. And I think both of those things really make a whole lot of sense. It's a really, frankly, the idea of going and harvesting all those photographs is tiring. (laughs) But I'm glad they're doing it anyway, because we can get some benefit out of that. Absolutely get some benefit. There's a lot of Carl stories today. I'm going to hold on to those because they, are, they do go in the good news category as well. And I'm hoping that some of that will be um, an, a little bit of something you can talk about this week. We're going to see people you hadn't seen, maybe. You're going to get out and talk to folks. And, and frankly, everybody always wants to know, well, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And in this case, well, in this case, it might just be something that's a little bit better than anybody has told you about in the world. I do have one, though, that I've been holding on to for this very moment (laughs) that I think may just end up being a headline. (laughs) When dads are feeling a bit depressed, what happens? How do the kids fare? Guess what? When dads are depressed or anxious, they tend to fall into routine patterns of behavior, which is part of a coping mechanism that we recognize seriously about depression and anxiety. If, for example, if I know that ironing a shirt is going to make me feel better or that cooking a meal is going to make me feel better, all those things. When dads do those things, this study from McGill University tells us that kids actually benefit from that kind of routine. Not saying dad needs to be depressed. I'm just saying if dad lowers his profile a little bit and you think he might be depressed, look for what else is going on. And when you can say, oh, that was a good thing, It might help. You never know. Something to think about. Something to be, oh, I don't know, glad about here on the Garden Mama Show. is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr. And those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. 
Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Gallo here for Baroni's Tree Pros. My friends at Baroni's Tree Pros put customer satisfaction as the only way to leave a job. Nothing less than the best service you'll find in the industry on tree removal, tree pruning, stump grinding, debris cleanup. You got questions? Baroni's Tree Pros will give you a plan, time frame, and budget that's perfect for you. Free estimate at 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. Or it's online at baroniestreepros.com. Ready for the big game? You are if you have a Honda generator from Frederick Sales and Service. Frederick Sales and Service can have you game day ready for your tailgate party. Honda's super quiet generators are known for being reliable, lightweight, and fuel efficient, so you can enjoy the game without all the noise and hassles that lesser generators provide. Pick up a Honda generator today at Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon, where we've been serving you for over 30 years with the finest in outdoor equipment since 1993. Get ready for the ultimate Black Friday tent sale at Van Sporting Goods and Brandon with adrenaline pumping deals. There'll be jaw-dropping discounts on top-notch sporting gear that goes deeper than ever before. Pistols, rifles, AR-15, suppressors, trail cameras, camo clothing, footwear, shooting accessories, just about everything in the store is going to be on sale. Enjoy savings up to 50% off on select items. This is the one sale you don't want to miss. Vans is open 8 to 8 on Friday. Check us out on Facebook at Vans Deer Processing and Sporting Goods. We'll see you there. In life and in business, one thing is certain, change. That's why Pilium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth. To that end, the Pilium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems, and real-time crime center technology. Visit us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Tell you what, I don't even want to tell you where I was when this came out, but I can see myself standing there right now. That's how. That's what music does for us. 
it pulls us through space and time. It pulls us, frankly, through good and bad memories of things. These are all good, and that's what I'm going to keep, keep up with here today. We have another vote for sweet whipped cream. Well, you know, it smells and sounds. And this time of year, you're given all that in, in you know, a multitude of fashions. Thank the food, goodness. the sounds, the music. And, and those are the two things, I think, that bring back probably the most memories. People say a picture you know, lasts or, or says a thousand words, but I don't know. I, I, I think a smell takes yeah, you way back. I really back. do think. Because <laughs> it, it's faster in your head, yeah. really. It, it'll get you when you didn't even realize you had that stuck in your head. I, I will admit that I like an electric thing to whip cream with. I know there are other people that say, oh, no, you must get out the whisk. You know, you must do it. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to. Do, but I don't get the can either, okay? So I do, I'm kind of in the middle of all of that. Everybody has to take their position. Good question. Rescued some ornamental sweet potatoes. This is in Star, Mississippi. Do I plant them now, or how do I store them? If you want to plant them and you're going to grow them somewhere that is well-drained, the problem with leaving ornamental sweet potatoes in the ground over the winter, even in Star, where, frankly, it's warmer than it, we used to think it was, but still have winter there, I would be worried that they would rot if we have a wet winter. So I'm either going to put them in containers where if you have a place where you can protect the containers, the problem is they're going to grow. So you may be better off to store them much like you would caladiums. And that would be somewhere that is not too, certainly not wet, no direct sun, but is outside or in like the top of a closet that's not too warm. You, you don't want them to be encouraged to sprout because of the warmth either. So give them some place that they can be stored. You think about doing this. Um, people will wrap ornamental sweet potatoes the same way they'll do caladiums in, in, a, an, in individual brown paper bags and then put them onto like flats of something so that they don't touch one another, but they're all in a general area where you can keep them fairly cool and dark. So that's that's one of the things that you can do with them. They may still sprout, but at least you can slow them down a little bit. You know, sometimes you look at somebody and you say, gosh, that person's I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what they're thinking. Two people walk into a restaurant and at the same time both say, I'm here for the gumbo, you know, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm here for the chili. Those those kinds of brain-to-brain communications have always been the subject of much interest Human beings always want to know, can you read my mind? Can you guess what I'm thinking, or do you just know all of those things? Duke University has been looking at this for a very, very long time. I love how they have done this. It, it's, not, it, it, it's not the most natural thing that you're going to hear a description of, but the result is really very cool. This is a speech prosthetic. Coming in nature communications where all that sort of technology gets um, get, gets explain. This is the, I'm going to look at this as the adult version of a light talker. If you ever knew anybody in the early days of technology who could not speak, they would be given, if they were lucky enough, a light talker, and you could hit the picture and it would say the word for you. We've come so far from that, thanks in many parts to the people who have done research on ALS and other neurologic conditions that take speech away. In this particular case, though, the brain implant that they're looking at, the speech prosthetic, may allow communication to come directly from thoughts. Now, we know there's some technology now that allows this to work, but it is external. So this, the idea with this would be that it would be 
I- listening to an audiobook, for example, at half speed is what they're saying. That's kind of how the decoding works now. So it's not we're not where we want it to be, but the lag between these two things is because of the relatively few brain activity sensors that can actually get into this tiny space. So if we're able to put on a prosthetic that does a better job, it makes sense that we would then be able to have an awful lot more communication come directly out of the brain. If you've ever known anybody who was aphasic or either temporarily or, or, or as a result of a, a, a condition that was permanent, you understand that they are still thinking as fast as you are in, in many cases. And in many cases, the frustrations are just tremendous. So it's a, it's a great thing to be able to see the future of that particular kind of technology. I like it. I think that's a really great thing. I have been looking at a bunch of dwarf shrubs this week. I have a friend with a project. <laughs> so I've been looking at dwarf shrubs. I have decided that if I were going to do this particular sort of project, I'm looking at Encore Azaleas. Now, y'all know I love Encore Azaleas. I always like one that blooms more than once. So for those of you who said, which kind of Azalea are you talking about? It would be the Encores. Ken's in Eupora. Let's see what's going on with him. What's up? Yes, ma'am. Uh, when I oh, finished doing my tomatoes this uh, summer, uh, and Bush hogged them down, and all. Well, then there was about 10 little tomato plants came up, and my wife wanted me to dig them up, so I dug them up and put them in pots. And now they're about two, two and a half feet high and blooming. And I'm just wondering, do I need to take them out of those smaller pots or just leave them where they are? How little are the pots that they're in? Well, they sum about... Uh, six inches tall, and there's some about eight inches tall. Okay. And that's it. You're probably going to, are these standard t- type tomatoes or cherry tomatoes or what? Yes, they may just standard type. Okay. You know, this is going to sound crazy. I'm, because I don't want you to disturb their roots again, because I think you might, you know, with a little protection of the top of the plant, you may be onto something. And we don't know how the weather's going to be this winter. It is predicted in two completely different ways depending on whose models you look at so i would take the smallest of those containers and put them all into a bigger pot together with soil around them but i wouldn't necessarily unpot them unless their containers just slide off easily i don't want you to disturb the roots any more than is necessary but i want you to give them a chance to be together and also to have a greater bulk of soil around them so if you can do that okay. and then just cover them when they when it if it gets cold enough to need covering I don't know. I think you may be sending pictures at Christmas with tomatoes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, Tell your them, wife how I smart she is. A, <laughs> I got them in a wheelbarrow, so I can just do that and leave them in a wheelbarrow. Well, that's perfect. Cool. Yes. I, I think that would be great. Right. Exactly. You you have you have put wheels on it. You are you are my guy. <laughs> I'm always in favor of that. I have to take my yes, lemon ma'am. tree out for yeah. a few days, and it the wheels on it are making all the difference in the world. I'll tell you. <laughs> so. Yes, ma'am. Well, I sure do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. Thank you very much. That sounds great. Tomatoes for Christmas. Come on now, that's wonderful. I have one, um, Matt. What we call the magic tomato that <laughs> is in the back end of my garden and still making tomatoes for no apparent reason, but I'll, I'll take it. I'm always in favor of that. This is fun. Our 
Oh, I love that. Um, the, I don't know where this is. I'm looking back to see if I can spot, but I don't. The, the, the local post office has, I would presume, Chinese pistachio trees. They're beautiful. You can root them, but you can also buy them. <laughs> and I would suggest going to the garden center, wherever you are, and seeing if you can't get some that will be a little bit larger. But if you want to root them, when they lose their leaves, take some hardwood cuttings. We can certainly do that. Oh, my goodness. We're already out of an hour. Hey, now, we got more to do, so y'all stick around. This is the Garden Mama Show. Hi, this is Fred Johnson, president of Mississippi 811. I'm proud to announce that Bob and Jenny have finally moved into their new house after living in a doghouse for a couple of years. As you may know, that was because Bob decided to pound a sign in their front yard without contacting 811 and hit a gas line. Bob has finally learned his lesson, but if he forgets, I'm sure that Jenny will remind him. Remember, safety is in your hands every dig, every time. Be sure to contact Mississippi 811 at least three working days before you dig. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you. and. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Brighten the coming fall days and spice up your porch with the magnificent colors of cushion mums in bud and bloom. Lakeland has them. While you're there, be sure to check out the large selection of tropical plants and citrus trees for your sunroom, too. And don't forget to pick up winterizer for your lawn. Fall feeding promotes deep root growth and helps your lawn weather the winter. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. So Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The city of Jackson has issued yet another request for proposals for a new solid waste collection contract. Jackson officials released a new RFP one week after Mayor Shokwantar Lumumba gave his approval of the city council's request. Lumumba explained that the RFP will make trash collection services more expensive for Jackson residents. The RFP that we issue will have cost being the most significant factor because our residents cannot afford for us to levy this unfortunate tax on them for this routine service that they need. 
Lumumba added that he'll continue to push for the selection of the cheapest contract. Throughout all of this, the only loyalty that I have expressed is a loyalty to price. The only loyalty I have expressed is to finding how do we have garbage collection at a cost that our residents can afford. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. As it gets closer to Christmas, MDOT wants to spread a little extra holiday cheer on state highways. Tuesday, they started accepting submissions for holiday messages. They could end up on the digital message boards you see as you drive around the Magnolia State. These 12 days of messages will revolve around Christmas-themed movies, songs, and characters. However, any local emergency messages and traffic updates automatically override these scheduled messages on the DMS boards. The winning messages will be displayed starting Thursday, December 14th. Drivers will see a new holiday-themed safety message each day with the final one posted December 25th. The last day to submit your messages is Wednesday, November 30th. If you're interested in submitting some messages, you can find all the details on how to do it at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett. The Source, Mississippi, I'm Dix Williams. This is the next to the last Saturday in November and the next to the last game in the college football regular season for some folks. And the kickoff today is set for 11 o'clock in Oxford as Ole Miss takes on UL Monroe. Then 9 o'clock is the airtime, the Ole Miss Football Network today, this morning. And then Southern Miss will travel to Starkville, Mississippi and try to continue their winning streak as they got two in a row. Mississippi State will try to get up off the mat with a new head coach. This Saturday, 11 o'clock is kickoff at Scott Field and Davis Wade Stadium. 9 o'clock is their time on the Mississippi State Football Network. Only three all-SEC matchups today. Georgia will be at Tennessee. Florida will be at Missouri. Kentucky will be at South Carolina. Everybody else is in non-conference action. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are Grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. 
Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. Delta State won the Gulf South Conference Championship with a 41-3 win over Mississippi College, and they will keep the Heritage Building in Cleveland. They will also be playing in Cleveland in the Division II Championship playoffs, and they will host Conference for West Florida this afternoon. And a win for the Statesman in that one, and they'll move to the second round where they could meet up with another Gulf Conference foe, Valdosta State. The Bellhaven Blazers won the USA South Championship with a 46-19 win over Brevard last week, and they will earn the automatic bid to the Division Three playoffs, and they will travel to North Central Illinois. North Central's 10-0. The Blazers are 9-1. And there will be Junior College Championship action this afternoon in East Mississippi with a 33-21 win over Gulf Coast with advance to the championship game. They'll take on Colin and Scuba this afternoon. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between garden mama's here to help you keep on growing still the empress of everything green here's your horticulture maven garden mama nelly neal on super talk mississippi Yeah, that's true. I don't smile quite that wide most of the time, but I appreciate it so very, very much. For those of you who are the late sleepers and just tune in in this hour, guess what? It's a new theme. That's right. And it's not even a new year. It's my new year. You understand that that, that my radio year begins before the first of the year, so we're in my new year. But many, many thanks to David Day, whose voice is unlike any other, and to whom I I, I, I never, nobody ever makes me sound that good. <laughs> so I really appreciate him reading the script as in, in a way that only he can do. And of course, hey, Lance, thanks very much for all of that. I, y'all have, y'all don't know, if you only listen to this program, you don't realize that this is the marathon man over here. But in addition to everything else, he worked on this last week for me, and I appreciate it greatly. It's a beautiful song. It's a great piece, and I'm happy about it. Right now on supertalk.tv, you're looking at pictures from my garden. Yep, got the old hydrangea that has turned a beautiful, really crazy shade of deep fuchsia. And the brand new one that has just bloomed on the same plant for no reason at all, which is purple. I don't know what happened. There is nothing going on. I did nothing to the soil. There's, this should not be this way. And yes, the spinach is growing, so it won't be ready for Thanksgiving. I was hopeful, but it won't, it's not going to get ready for then. But it's a new variety that I'm trying, and if it works, I'll let you know. Don't forget, we now have new grow zones. Give yourself that opportunity to go to the, the, the USDA's website. Just search it up for yourself. But trust me, go to the one that has the zip code in it. You can put your zip code in and find out your zone or anyone else's that you want to investigate. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Bill and Perkinson, I would plant at least one of these. This is, this is great. He's got three two-year-old pawpaw trees, okay? 
this is my kind of gardening. This is insurance gardening. He wants to know when to plant. I'm going to plant one of them as soon as after the next big rain. I'm going to hold one of them in a container and keep it for spring. And if there's a nice patch of weather in between, I'm going to plant the second one. But this is how you have insurance gardening. Even if the first one doesn't make it, you will have at least one of the other two that will. Now, speaking of insurance gardening, this is Thanksgiving week. You know what that means. Plant sweet pea flowers. You can plant sweet peas that you would eat the green peas, too. But this is... This is <laughs> All right, Terrence the turkey is here. <laughs> I knew he was going to show up eventually. Had to happen. There are, I didn't see, I should, I'm going to send you the cartoon. I'll send you the, my favorite Terrence cartoon this morning. Any rate, this is the point where we plant sweet peas because then if they freeze in the winter, then you have the opportunity to plant them again at Valentine's Day and still harvest them before the weather gets too hot. For those of you who are Brand new to Zone 8. Welcome in. This is what we do. When you look at the USDA zone map and realize that things have bumped up, that's because they've bumped up. I'm now in 8B. I was in eight, at least mid-8, if not 8A for a while after I got here. But each time, every 10 years, it shifted. Things are a little bit warmer than they were. And I think that that's very, very cool. Betty is thanking me from Hattiesburg. She got it. She won a T-shirt. And if you'd like, if you're interested, I got Garden Mama T-shirts. Mama on air at yahoo.com. I'd be more than happy. We 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 do a drawing every couple of days. And guess what? We're mailing a bunch of them. I appreciate that. Got to come up with a turkey drawing or something for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, some okay. turkey trivia. Any or yeah, some turkey trivia. I don't know though. Just because it's. I'm I'm feeling kind of personally involved with Terrence now that he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that time of year. That's that's this time of year, absolutely. This is also the time of year that, quite frankly, people have to understand that you, you're going to keep the jacket in the car. And when your kids wear a jacket in the morning, they're probably not going to wear it home the afternoon because <laughs> they'll forget it. But that's all going to change again. As we look at this from the point of view of gardeners, this is why I tell you to build cloches, to keep some kind of cover. This can be a plastic box that literally doesn't have any plastic on it except the plastic box itself. You don't have to go make fancy covers that you can lift up and carry on. If you have a plastic box that fits over the the plants, for example, the vegetables that you're trying to get to grow, then all means use that. You do have to lift it up every day to vent it, but you would have to do that if it was a solid plastic closure. Mine are wire and have plastic on top of them, and they're going to get some use in the, I imagine, not this week, but the, the following week. Yes, I have taken the lemon tree outside, and I've taken Paul the poinsettia outside, just for a few days because it's more humid and they're more comfortable in that setting. I'm not going to do that again, I wouldn't imagine, until at least late February. That's why I want them to have at least a few more days of pleasant weather that suits them a little bit more. What are you doing? You want to join me in that effort, or do you say, just put them in the house and forget about it? That's up to you. <laughs> Let me know what you think. I'm going to have to take more cuttings off of the Sirius, because quite frankly, the Sirius has overgrown its space again. I have one that's trying very hard to die and one that's trying very hard to be bigger than everything else. So it's kind of a crazy combination of plants. But right now, my kitchen's no wider than anybody else's. It's the size of a double window and then a little bit more, okay? The the night-blooming cereus are now on the top of the metro shelf, and they reach 
from the one side of the wall to the other. <laughs> it's a little bit much. So I've got to do something about that. If you are setting up a propagation station or a rooting place, as I would like to call it, by all means, again, you're going to need something to enclose it to keep the humidity around those little cuttings that you're trying to root. So use that plastic box or make yourself a cloche. Either one works. Who are we hearing from? Oh, we're going to hear from Ray and Clinton. Good morning. I hope you all are well. Yes, um, absolutely. They they have, I love, love, love when you want to replace some, some shrubs and you've got them and you're waiting to pull the trigger. Now's the day. This This particular point, if it's too hard to dig the soil today, after the next rain, it won't be. So this is the time to get the, the Encore azaleas that they found, the Laura Petalums and the Carpet Roses all into the ground in the next, say, two weeks. If it doesn't happen, you still have plenty of time after that. But this is really our first opportunity to have soil that has been at least rained on a couple of times. That's why I'm able to dig up the red-hot poker plants that I was talking about in the last hour. About a month ago, I tried, and I honestly, I said, this is too much work, and I'll ruin the roots. Didn't do it, so now I'm going to do this way. And I think you'll be glad you did, too. There are still some things, if you are growing under cover, and maybe you've already harvested your beets, this is a point in the year where a lot of people go ahead and do that again. Um, and and I'm, I appreciate that because it's one of those plants that we like better when we grow it than when we purchase it somewhere. For all my beet growing friends, y'all, y'all have told me that. I didn't have to tell you that. <laughs> I know that there are... A lot of people who always feel that if we are going into chilly weather, it's time to take a little vacation to the tropics, go somewhere that it's warm. Well, I wanted to let you know that we've got some coral developments that you may want to go and visit because they are both uh, University of Hawaii at Manoa and also the Australian Institute of Marine Science. So get your passport if you're going to Australia. But Hawaii is still a state. You can go there and come home again without that particular document. There are some big developments, though, in terms of trying to understand which of our corals can tolerate some heat. We have seen over time the bleaching of the corals. We talk about the Great Barrier Reef. We talk about the, the, the reefs off Florida because we have so much trouble with the algae. Those, those structures are essential to the algae, but they're also essential to us because they provide all of the food for that entire ecosystem. And, and when they cannot survive, we lose everybody else too. One of the interesting things that they've learned in Australia recently is that they are, if, if we can treat the coral with what are called heat-evolved symbionts, in other words, if we can introduce parts into their growing environment that are a little bit more heat tolerant than they are, it will translocate, it will transfer to them. The study found that the heat evolved symbionts did not compromise the coral, it just made it a little bit better able to handle the water that was warmer than it needed to be or than, than it would have been previously. Interestingly enough, the naturally heat tolerant symbionts enhance heat resistance in previous studies, but their growth was also, it was just kind of a holding pattern. They didn't grow very much, but they didn't die either. In this case, we're seeing that this particular work that they've done, University of Melbourne and these other places, really have, have tried to 
improve on that symbiont so that they can introduce it to the coral and still have the coral grow. Guess what? They did it. That's good news you're not going to hear from anybody but me. Doesn't mean that we have to not still worry about the coral, but it means that we are evolving ideas to help it cope with changing conditions. And as we do one study and then we do another study, that's what they keep doing is to research this. The previous study, which has been from the University of Hawaii, told us that indeed the heat-tolerant coral themselves, the ones that can take more heat, do go into this sort of pattern where they, they, they don't actually grow very much, but they are able to survive. That's really the first step, of course, is finding coral that can tolerate the conditions, and then we can build on them, either through the introduction of the symbionts or because we go ahead and multiply that coral. When you see the studies that are going on in Florida right now, what they're doing, of course, is selective um, breeding of coral for this particular circumstance. Things are warmer than they should be, and we're getting good research to understand the, their complexity, but also, frankly, that we can indeed do some things that will help them get better. That's a pretty big deal. I'd love to hear from you today. The Super Talk call line is 888 The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Um, the, the pictures that are coming up on supertalk.tv have been hydrangeas. And yes, 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 my Christmas cactus has one flower open, so I had to show that off. I, I, I don't grow red. I grow peach and yellow. Why is that? Well, because I grew five or six Christmas cactus all at one time and for a long time and ended up giving away the red ones because they were in bloom first. So that's how that turned out. They made great gifts, and now I have the rest of them. As I said before in talking about these plants, I did not repot them. I will have to do that in the spring. They are top-heavy, and I'm having to bolster them just a little bit to keep them from tipping over as the, the branches go hang down and the flowers come open, it gets heavier at the tips. So if you're seeing that, you can certainly, I mean, I, I didn't put a sock around it, but you could. You need to put something there to hold it in place. In my case, it was some a little bit of um, another container was able to hold it up. I wanted to tell you about, we talked earlier about the uh, evolutions of our Thanksgivings and how we hold on to that. And, and is it is it the music, maybe? Well, there's not so much good Thanksgiving music. So is it the company of our families? A lot of times it is. Sometimes it's the fact that we get to plant sweet peas and don't have to stay inside. I've, I've said this before, and I will say it again. You have my permission, and you can tell them that I gave you permission to leave them to do the dishes, and you go outside and plant sweet peas or do something else in the garden. It doesn't happen to be raining that day. But learning how we respond to taste and, and how in the world do we get to taste things are just so fun. We've got new stuff, the genetic data on sharks. Why would we care how sharks taste? Not, not, not how they taste to us, but how, to, how they learn to taste. Well, it's actually interesting because they've discovered a receptor for bitter taste that is present in 12 different of these. These are cartilaginous fish. This is, this is rays and sharks and the, those guys. Okay. Interestingly enough, it's the same one that causes us to perceive as humans bitter and sometimes toxic things. The things that you go, I'm not going to eat that. 
it's probably good for you. And that same receptor can easily be associated with keeping the sharks from eating things they shouldn't eat either. We can look back almost 500 million years to the molecular and functional development of this particular with where it originated, okay? The entire family of bitter taste receptors, That's we know this exists now because that's how old the bony fish are, the, the cartilaginous fish. Really fascinating stuff. Needless to say, the way that we taste things makes a great difference. And one of the questions is always, well, is it your taste or is it my taste? Why, why for example, do some people um, love cilantro and other people say it tastes like soap? It's about your receptors. <laughs> and yours may not be the same as somebody else's. But on the other hand, I'll take your cilantro most of the time. So that works out. Oh, this is lovely. The Sasanqua is opened. Nan sending us. I was wondering if we were going to get flowers on most of our Sasanquas because, quite frankly, between really big heat that can knock the buds off and then extreme drought, well, here's one, and that's really, really beautiful. Interestingly enough, um, Corinne is having the same problem that I'm having, or same dilemma. She's been waiting on the gladiolus to die all the way to the ground, but some of the green still remains. Should I go ahead and dig them up and replant the bulbs anyway? I say yes, and I'm I'm doing this with Asiatic lilies. I, I went they 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 never did die all the way back, so I cut them at least in half, and they look like sticks. But now they've begun to translocate. They're they're turning brown and getting a little more comfortable for me. So I feel good dr- digging them up. I don't ever like to dig up bulbs that are green, but at the same time, if if they're beginning to brown down, we know that they're going dormant and the energy is being transferred into the bulb itself. So that's really the time to give yourself the opportunity to decide where you want them to be, and go ahead and put them there. I like that pretty flower too. I don't I don't know what variety it is, but it's lovely. Really, really nice. I uh, hear a lot about the return of wolves to the western United States. There are people that are extremely for it, and there are other people that are extremely against it. Most people like me feel like it's, it's odd that one creature isn't there. So if we put that creature back, how do we end up? You know, how do we get there? And uh, we're going to talk about Germany. Did you know they're reintroducing wolves to Germany? Well, they're exhibiting different behavior. So we will give that a little bit of a look. Um, If you can name this tune, you must be a real buckaroo.
business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends. No matter where you go, Super Talk Mississippi is there. With FM signals all over the state, you can hear Super Talk Mississippi from the Delta to the Red Clay Hills of Meridian and from Oxford to Biloxi. And when you're out of the state, you can always get the latest Mississippi news and talk online at supertalk.fm. And on your smart device with the Super Talk app, you're proud to call Mississippi home. And we're proud to cover your state like no one else. Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Fox on Tech. We've told you about the marvels of Elon Musk's Starlink, the SpaceX project to fill the sky with satellites that can deliver high-speed Internet service to anywhere on the planet. Starlink has been operating already in Ukraine as a way for emergency communications to happen, even with the destruction of ground-based Internet infrastructure. Musk even courted controversy by agreeing to provide emergency Internet in Gaza, though he later clarified he'd make sure he wasn't allowing terrorists to use it. But Musk now has competition in the space-based Internet space. Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame has launched his first round of test satellites for Project Kuiper, named after the ring of objects beyond the solar system. Amazon reports the satellites are controlling their orbit and working just as designed. Some operational satellites could begin testing the service next year. With Fox on Tech. I'm Eben Brown, Fox News. In a world full of noise, the latest news. Finding information that matters to you can be overwhelming. That's why Super Talk is here. Here we go. To filter through the noise, to cut through the clutter, to deliver real information and discuss how it affects you. You'll know what's important and why it matters when you listen to Super Talk Mississippi. This is House Call for Health. November is National Lung Cancer Awareness Month. The American Association for Cancer Research says lung cancer is the most common cause of cancer death in the United States. It accounts for more than the next two most deadly types of cancer for men, prostate and colorectal combined, and breast cancer for women. The AACR says smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer. Other causes include secondhand smoke, family history, exposure to asbestos, arsenic or soot, or even being treated with radiation therapy to the chest area. President Biden recently released a proclamation for the month saying we honor the resilient people who have faced this diagnosis, the loved ones who rallied to their side, and the medical professionals who do all they can to help patients survive and heal. For more information, you can go to aacr.org. Or for more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News.
from the USDA with our growing zones on it. Quite frankly, if you hadn't paid attention to it before, you need to. Things are different from when you were a kid, even if you're only 10 years old, because they've changed. <laughs> Take a look. I, uh, I, I always think that the holidays, you know, quote-unquote, for a given day are interesting. And in this particular case... I'm, I'm not really sure why, but this is both Apple Cider Day and both uh, Married to a Scorpio Support Day. So those of you who can empathize with my situation, <laughs> interestingly enough, it's also National Vichyssoise Day. I figure this is when everybody's, you know, if, if, if you've never had cold potato soup, you have no idea that it's really good. Trust me, it's really good. Get somebody to get you some leeks and make you some. It'll be It'll be worthwhile. I just don't know about all this, though. Pretty funny today. Sometimes they're interesting days. Sometimes it's really odd stuff, and today it's some pretty odd stuff. Those those strike me, anyway, as, as a little bit, I don't know how to say this, National Princess Day? How many princesses are there? Aren't we all princesses? I mean, come on. <laughs> but if you're having a birthday party today, it's also Mickey Mouse's birthday, so you may want to know that. <laughs> you may not. Corinne, that is just beautiful. It's a Hananyaman Sasanqua. It's not one that I have grown, but I know how beautiful it is. 17 years old, she says. And in fact, it is a very hardy one. It's one of the, one, one of the best ones. Oh, my goodness. Oh, let's see. <laughs> Debbie says from Ocean Springs, is this poor thing dead? I doubt it. I don't, I don't think it is. It is, it is a, what we would call a splayed palm. But Unless the core itself, unless the trunk itself is actually real soft where those fronds are falling down from, it's probably not dead. So I would trim those off at least. So that I wouldn't necessarily pull them off because that's going to create more damage if there is damage to the trunk of the tree. But if you'll cut them off, certainly the ones that don't have any green left on them anymore, I think you'll see some regrowth. Or if not, you'll know by spring because there won't be any regrowth. Interestingly enough, if you're into white flowers, oh my goodness, this is one of those things. People go to a garden center and they say, well, I want to put in a white garden. And people say, well, why? And you go, well, I like those colors, but it's actually because I never get home until dark. And I want to be able to see something in bloom when, you know, that those are the ones that are going to hold the light the longest. So that's one of the reasons why some of the azaleas that I like are in this group. I really like gumpo. I really like snow, but I really like for a big old, big old azalea, Mrs. Gigi Gerbing. I don't know who she was, but her azalea is lovely. I know I could look it up. I'm not going to. There are also, if you like Laura Petalums, you need to remember that there is also the white fringe plant, or a white fringe shrub, which is a loripetalum. It's just an old-fashioned one with white flowers. doesn't have red leaves, either has green leaves. But that's another one that is, is a little bit different. 
Diana is the Althea that is white. When you have seen, you, you, you see the pictures that are so beautiful in the, in the summertime, and you think it looks kind of like a dogwood, but you know it's too late for that. That's, in fact, an Althea, and it is usually Diana if it is bright white. Really nice plants. Just some to consider. This is the time of year, of course, that every garden center is full. You need to be looking at stuff, especially in the woody plants category. We would like to plant anything that you're going to dig up, you know, and, and for example, if you need to relocate the azaleas because you've built a porch or something, there's some change you need to make. This is the time to do that. It's also the time if you're if you digging up something at my house and going to plant it at your house, this is the time to do that. If you are buying trees and shrubs, this is also the time to do all of that. Okay? <laughs> it's your decision. <laughs> A little off chat here. Hey, now, Lance, are you? Are, I, I think it's appropriate, but, you know, we'll, it's we, me. I think you should save that for Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't mean to be offside but it's that kind of day there's a lot going on around here you're welcome debbie i hope it i hope it survives i hope i'm right i hope i'm right all right now let's go to germany again i told you that i know way more than i probably should about the environmental movement there friends you know relatives but the return of the gray wolf is another controversial thing not only in our west but also in Germany. 23 years ago, they started in East Germany trying to bring wolves back to their, that particular part of the world, but understanding how they recolonize in a habitat that has been changed is very much a problem. The detailed comparisons, and believe you me, these people go into some detail, they are using their 20 years of distribution data now to un- to try and understand how the wolves are putting together what they have been provided with what they already knew instinctually or genetically about this habitat. So it, it, the thing that's interestingly, of course, as you might imagine, gray wolves would prefer to live away from you and me. They would actually very much like to be away from roads and settlements and be somewhere where there's plenty of cover because they are hunters. All right. Understandingly, they recolonized the habitat that they had been pulled out of a couple of centuries before. What they actually knew, though, was those habitat requirements suited them, and they were able to get there and continue to make space. The problem in Germany is now that they're having to find other spaces because the wolves have done such a good job of colonizing or recolonizing their their first space, the one where they were taken out of. So it's interesting, isn't it? How do we go back? How do you look back at an area and make it ready for any wildlife, any creature that has not been there? That's what they're studying, and it's certainly something that we will be learning from as well because we have the same issues of habitat. If the, if the recolonization works, and there are people who hope it doesn't, but if it does, there will be more wolves than they can manage in that space. So, we again, again, we come to the notion of we could have this much forest, but we also have people, and we also have properties that we farm so what are we going to do and that's what they're working on there that's the changes that they're going to try and help to figure out for us 
I am really happy to tell you another piece of good news. I know y'all think I'm all gloom and doom. I'm not. Today it's all good news. Secondary forests, it turns out, that have regrown on that land, okay, that, that was maybe originally cleared for agriculture and then abandoned or any of those such, 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 such as settlements moving or people shifting, people taking on greater conservation roles. This could all happen for any number of reasons, but it is called a secondary forest when, in fact, it has been cleared and then replanted later for some reason. It doesn't mean it was clear-cut, but it may have been. But it is when it was when it was replanted. The the UN's decade of ecosystem restoration has really turned a light, shined a really bright light on these secondary forests and how they're going to get used and how they're going to be cultivated in that sense. Lancaster University, Bangor University, and the University of British Columbia has really put together this study trying to figure out how do we pull those forest fragments back together, particularly in the Amazon basin. And then, of course, it can apply to so many other places around the world. Environmental research is where you will find this. This is It's called environmental research letters, and that means that it is, um, it's documents for explaining but research, but not necessarily the entire study will be there. It turns out that Two million isolated fragments of old-growth forest are interrupted by these areas that have been cleared in this particular part of the basin. So trying to make those things come back together or to find ways for the wildlife to get from one habitat to the other is a lot of their work. I don't think that we can, you know, we always hear about the land bridges, you know, for for creatures to go over the roads and get to the other piece of their habitat or to get to the areas where they nest or to get to the areas where something else goes on, you know, the different parts of their life cycle. It's not always easy to do that. And in this particular case, they are saying what they have learned is that it really means all the difference in this whole business of trying to keep the forests together enough to take care of the wildlife comes down to managing the forests, but at a landscape scale. Promoting the forest restoration makes a vital role, but you've also got to do it at that individual space. So it it makes a whole lot of sense. I think there's a lot that they can do, and part of what we have to learn, too, is that as we clear things, We're not necessarily going to send all the water where it needs to go. We may need to divert so that we, in turn, can grow some more forest somewhere else. Makes a lot of sense. The Garden Mama newsletter has been such a great success. Y'all have been terrific. And I look forward to new subscribers as well as my renewing folks coming along. Um, If I had had, if I had known this was going on, I'd have probably made it, it, it a top story. You may have heard this. Y'all have all heard me talk about how much fun I have had in my career getting to know the retired, particularly the retired Navy community, but the retired military community at Pascagoula. And such wonderful people, such serious gardeners and crazy, hilarious fun, too. Okay, all of that happens in that place, and they know it. From Pascagoula on this past Friday, The town of Pascagoula has been officially recognized as a National Park Service World War II heritage city. 
it's really hard to get this designation. Only one town is put up from each state, and they don't always even get it. So this is a big deal. A few years ago, particular guy, Martin, Mr. Hegwood, was watching television, and it occurred to him that he, he said he thought about if there's one thing that it fits the definition, it would be Pascagoula. And of course, he is the person who turned around and made all the application and, and documented the changes that World War II brought to Pascagoula and the shipyards and all the things that have gone there and the reason why it's a heritage community. So it's a very big deal, and I'm, I'm happy to recognize them. I'm also happy to tell you that they're some of the best gardeners in our state. So hello, Pascagoula. We love you. Thanks for that. Now, what else is going on in Pascagoula? I'd be willing to bet that today they're even having the argument about whether we're going to have sweet potatoes or pumpkin pie. That, and, and they're probably uh, still talking about, you know, they had a great football season cut oh, okay. short last night by Picayune, Uh-oh. defending state champ. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. That, that, you know, and in, in, in our community of Mississippi, that Saturday, if you don't win... It's a tough day. It's a tough day. And you kind of got put out of the playoffs, too. But, you know, they had a great season, though. Amazing. Well, yeah, Pascagoula you got to the had playoffs. a great season. And then you <laughs> ran across a buzzsaw. That's about how that worked. And picky. And so it can happen. It happens. Happen. The good news is there's another season next year. So you can start getting ready for that. You can see that I'm a football coach's daughter. Oh, so, yeah. You got to start prepping year. day of. That's it. uh, it's That's over. It. All right. We're building for next year. That's it. It's kind of like uh, gardening. Well, things things that tie one minute to the next in life are not always as sure as sports and gardening. So that's part of the reason why we are able to do both of them all the time. Can't even eat sweet potato pie every day. We'd like to, but we'd have to go out and garden a whole lot more <laughs> to keep all of those things in, in place. I did not know that this thing existed, and I'm happy to tell you they've rediscovered it. My goodness, I practiced this. Let's see if I can get it right. Rabdomeva marina. How how cool is that for a word? This is from the University of Tsukuba, which is another thing that I practiced. They have let us know that they have rediscovered and successfully cultivated a rare marine amoeba that has only been reported twice in the last century. They provided a comprehensive analysis of this critter and indeed now they are getting us you know we think about amoebas if you ever think about amoebas you think about them as a one cell creature that's the beginning of everything and then they multiply and there's two and then they multiply and there's you know we go geometrically after that all right that's what this is all about is how come we haven't seen this one how come there's only been two sightings and really why in the world do we need this particular one it's different just different. Discovered in England in 1921, and they are characterized by being nearly immobile. Well, that in itself is different from what we think about amoebas, isn't it? So, stuff to study. Our new friend, Rabidamoeba marina. Now, this is for Pete. Here we go.
most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Who doesn't love a good laugh and free car advice? Well, it depends on the advice. Tune into Under the Hood and you can have both. I'm Russ, along with Shannon and Chris, your hosts for two of the best hours you'll spend this week. We've been the Motor Medics since 1990, and we'll tackle any question you can throw at us. You don't have to be a car person to love Under the Hood. We've got something for everyone right here every week. Under the Hood, Saturdays from 3 to 5 p.m., right here on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Securing America. America's security interests and concerns are intertwined in multiple international conflicts, including in Israel and Ukraine. And many are hesitant for the U.S. to continue providing aid to those countries. But Republican Congressman Michael McCall of Texas, the chair of the House Foreign Relations Committee, offered this opinion Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation. The world is on fire from where I sit. Uh, it is too, uh, you know, urgent. Uh, we can't mm -hmm. sit back and do nothing. McCall also spoke about the president's proposed package, which would also send funds to Taiwan and the U.S. southern border, saying Israeli leadership has told him it needed the funding yesterday. Ukraine needed it yesterday. Uh, the border for certainly needed it yesterday. We know that Chairman Xi is threatening Taiwan and the Pacific. President Biden is set to meet with Xi this week in California. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. Media Minute with Howard Kurtz. The pundits and prognosticators are going haywire over the decision by Democratic Senator Joe Manchin not to seek re-election next year. It increases the chances the Democrats will lose control of the Senate, although if Manchin had run, it's likely he would have lost to a popular Republican governor of West Virginia. Nor is he ruling out an independent presidential run, and he could hook up with no labels, a group that would be able to get him ballot access in most of the states. Now you have well-known, right-leaning commentators like Ben Dominich of The Spectator and Ross Douthat in The New York Times urging Manchin to run, saying he could fill a void, a, a hunger for a candidate other than Donald Trump or Joe Biden. At the same time, Manchin, who's tangled frequently with the Biden administration, may just flirt with the idea before passing it up. With your Media Minute, Howie Kurtz, Fox News. 
wet day she's there I say we share my umbrella Bus stop, bus go, she stays, love grows under my umbrella All that summer we enjoyed it, wind and rain and shine That umbrella we employed it, by August she was nine <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm laughing, I'm not singing, but I'm laughing Did you know? Here's something else you need to tell your relatives. Okay, now, we all understand the stories about tryptophan. They are somewhat true, but not as much as have been exaggerated. The reason why people fall asleep after their turkey lunch on Thanksgiving is because they've been cooking since 4 o'clock in the morning, or they've been hunting since 4 o'clock in the morning. They just got home. They ate a big meal. And then they turned on a really bad football game and went to sleep. There was a statistic. You know it's true. Yeah, I was. I didn't get a chance to read it on Friday because it was one of those news things, weird news or whatever, and we just didn't get to. There's too much stuff going on, but uh, it's, I think it's appropriate. There was a study done, and it said, what is the, the perfect amount of nap time uh, to show respect if you fall asleep at a relative or somebody who's invited you yes, over. Yes. So if you get heavy and watching that game and you've had your turkey and meal or whatever. It's not and, the four glasses of wine. Yeah, and, yeah, it's and the you, turkey. Yeah, and you pass out yeah. mm-hmm. on the couch. That's a sign of respect. Oh, it is? So okay. okay. there's also an amount of time that's the perfect that they've studied and have come up with here. So you set your alarm. So you know you're giving the most respect to we, the we host. Did, we did not uh, 42 put this together. Minutes. We did not put this together, y'all. His 42 <laughs> minutes works exactly with this particular piece of information that I have for you, which is not the same story. Any activity is better for you than sitting after the lunch, including sleeping. You're better to take a nap than you are to just sit there and stare and wait for someone else to carry on the conversation. Uh-huh. What'd you say? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What you, oh. exactly. It's better just to doze off. Exactly. In 42 minutes is the Much appropriate better. time. Much better. Don't stay four hours. No, no. You have to get up after 42 minutes and offer to help clean the kitchen, which, of course, someone has already cleaned. So you don't have to do it. Yeah, that's what the – you can sleep. 42 minutes is plenty of time to let that stuff exactly. happen. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, now. I don't know. We've been talking about sound being this wet pathway to better data today. I don't I don't know if this has got anything to do with it, but I think it's going to work the same way. Northwestern University is now putting out some <clears throat> wearable devices. This is a nice way to put this that capture body sounds. I don't really think I want this, but because we all need to be monitored, you know continuously monitoring your heartbeats, your stomach gurgles. Who has to listen to this stuff is what I want to know. But at any rate, the idea being, of course, that because sounds are one thing that, that doctors can use to diagnose situations or even to just say that's great, you, can, you may need to be able to record these sounds. I figure that any minute now there'll be an Apple or a Samsung watch that does this for us, so we won't have to think about it again. We, could, we can just download it to the doctor when we get there, right? I don't know. Um, I'm, the, the, I think he makes his own bitters is what I'm thinking. I'm going to give you all this. Yeah, I, I I'm would imagine he does, because, but because what Rich, can I Rich, buy? Doesn't, Rich doesn't lie to us. <laughs> he says, if you will mix a quarter cup of bitters and a gallon of water, spray the plant, 
it keeps the deer off as well as other creatures. Yeah, because my dog Hawk, he'll eat. And your dog, he's eats eating everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Rich. I'm I'm uh, gonna mix up the concoction. But I think you have to make your own in, right. in his world. But that's just because he does does everything himself. I like. Oh, he it. said I, I could buy hear... it in the spice aisle. You can. Okay, yeah, perfect. You can. I'm. I'm I, I can honestly tell you that there's been one bottle of bitters in my kitchen for about 30 years. So you haven't been bartending. I have not much, been bartending. Not in a while. Not in a while. Man, I'd spread that stuff on anything. <laughs> bitters, I put them on salads. and yeah, I love bitters. Any, all kinds. Some of it is good. Some of it's, well, some of it just doesn't taste like anything. I it like just the, has the, a bite. There's some licorice ones, too, that are pretty tasty. Does, you know, if you mix them not, right, they're not, not good straight. Okay, we're going to have to do this. We, we're going to have to run the dog off and then drink the drink. Okay, I can do that. Trey is now, um, you're right. You are so right. The plant lady is the new cat lady, and it's true. We do carry our plants around with us the way other people carry our cats around. Of course, now that we could get the cats to carry the plants, I would be way ahead of everything. Thank you, Trey. Your stuff today is really funny. I can tell you're in a good mood, and I appreciate that very, very much. <laughs> such fun. Such silliness. All right. And he's challenging me with a dog photo here at the uh -oh, end. I've uh -oh. got to get it in. I've got to get it. You can't uh -oh. miss a dog photo. Oh yeah, that's 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 the best beauty. That's Odie, I think. O B, I'm sorry. And he's adorable. He can come stay at my house. He's cute. Not that you have to be cute, but this particular dog looks like he would sit on a chair and talk to you, you know. I like that. I like that very, very much. Oh another thing that you need to remember right now is to seed your yard. This is the perfect weather to overseed lawn grass, or as I'm probably going to be doing, seeding my mohawk grows just to thicken it up a little bit for the winter and going into spring. What happens when you plant perennial ryegrass, it grows from now through the end of next spring, and then it's already you've already mowed a couple of times, but by then it just kind of loses its grip on stuff because of the hot weather. And it gives us the opportunity to have a nice cover, in part because we'd like our lawns to be in better shape the incoming years. This year has been really tough. Between 100 degrees and plus and then an extreme drought, lawns, even if you were attempting to irrigate them, lawns are, have, have suffered a great deal. So my suggestion is to overseed with perennial ryegrass. Give yourself that opportunity to add to that. But if you've also got areas where the lawn has died entirely, you really want to do that because when, when you plant next spring, the soil will be started to be a little bit easier to work. I'm not going to tell you it'll be worked up for you, but it will be a lot easier to work in that case. You're all, you're not, you don't need a great deal, but if you're looking for it, by all means, give yourself the chance. Get three to five pounds per thousand square feet. It's going to be plenty. Okay? Okay. Now, this is... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's really great. <laughs> Come on now. Trey, <laughs> this this has got to be Photoshopped, y'all. Come on. He's going to tell me no, though. You watch. <laughs> Three to five pounds per square, per thousand square feet for perennial ryegrass. If you are doing, there's a few other things that you might be interested in fertilizing at this point. If you didn't fertilize any of the plants you brought inside, since, oh, I don't know, July or something like that, sure, go ahead and do a little bit of that. Do a little fertilizing now. Not a great deal, maybe half a dose. But if you were using 
pelleted fertilizer forms, that's this is a good time. If you haven't touched them since July, this will be a good time to do that. It will make a lot of sense, and it'll give you that opportunity to really and truly, frankly, see a little bit better result very, very soon. If you are interested in the zone map and you have not been able to figure out what I said about planthardiness.ars.usda.gov, they didn't really give us a short jump for this one. So. Write to me, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll send you the link in case you can't find it for yourself. The good news is you'll probably be able to find it. Next week we'll all be talking about, frankly, how things have changed, because they have. Most things do, and in this case they're they're changing, I think, a little bit more evenly than they did the, 10 years ago. Ten years ago there were some jumps that were harder to get. Now, I can't talk very long because I want you to hear all of this. It's new. I'm not. Come back again next week and we'll do it again. But by all means, please, happy Thanksgiving. The Garden Mama Show is a production of Super Talk Mississippi Media. Download past episodes at supertalk.fm and contact Garden Mama anytime at mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thanks for choosing the Garden Mama Show. for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak because that could be dangerous. So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles, or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately. Then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk. Gas leaks just plain stink. Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. Yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety. On film. I'm Ann Carrick. The Marvel's taking first place at the weekend box office with $47 million in North American ticket sales. Despite a huge opening weekend, it's a far cry from other Marvel debuts. The Marvel's opening more than $100 million less than its predecessor, 2019's Captain Marvel, a first for a Marvel sequel. Whatever it takes. We destroyed Thanos. But it's not over. My work is inevitable. Universal Pictures' Five Nights at Freddy's falls to second place with $9 million in its third weekend of release. In the 80s, kids went missing. The police searched Freddy's top to bottom. Hello? They never found them. Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour rounds out the top three, the concert film pulling in $5.9 million in its fifth weekend. Ann Carrick, Fox News. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.